So when I was uh, considering the possible topics for this year, my first thought was it should probably be something to do with Shavuos, or at least related to Yom Tov in general. But then after all the news of this week, so then I had second thoughts. I thought maybe we should talk about something uh, in halacha related to current events. And after a brief uh, struggle, I determined that I'll try to talk about both. So uh, we'll see uh, how successful we are. Um, so there's a tshuva, in Shalas of Tshuva's Mishpatei Tzedek, which, is the, which are the tshuvas of, of Shmuel Garmazon. So if you're not familiar with Shmuel Garmazon for some reason, uh, he lived in the 1600s. Born in Salonika in Greece, he immigrated to, to Yushalayim. Some speculate that the Garmiza and Garmizon is actually a remnant to worms in Germany, which used to be called Garmiza, even though it has a Spanish sound overall, Garmizon, but maybe it's referring to that. Um, at some point, they sent him from Yushalayim as a Shadar, and, and then he goes captured by pirates off of Malta. So, uh, exciting story. There was an organization called the Chavras Pidyan Shvoyim in Venice, and he got in touch with them. Can you please free me? They had a back and forth. They tried to free him. Apparently, things dragged out because the pirates got into a fight over how to divide the loot. But ultimately, he was freed. He ended up in Malta for many years. And then he returned to Yerushalayim. And this Shuva is from after the period of when he returned to Yerushalayim. At that time, he was considered a big paisik. He wrote many tshuvas. He's actually also notable uh, for apparently calling out Shabzai Tzvi. And at Drasha, at that point, in the tough chafs, Shabzai Tzvi uh, stopped off in Eretz Yisrael for a while. He was in Yerushalayim. And in the Drashas of Shmuel Garmazan, there's a, a hint, there's a line about people that uh, make themselves in L.A.K. No, not, not a good idea to turn yourself into a gachka. And that's understood to be referring to Shabzai Tzvi. Anyway, he passed away in the 1670s, and we have his shot, Mishpatei Tzedek, was actually printed for the first time in 1945. He writes the following shayla, Shnas Techiyah, that's the year Tav Chav Gimel, 1663. She says, The following story, The Jews lived in Yerushalayim and in Damascus in Syria, Uprooted, they left. Bahayu Begas, they were in a place. Gas Hanikra Ramla, he spells it Reish Aleph Mem Lamad Aleph. Gas Hanikra Ramla. And they said they were really planning on returning to where they came from. Why did they leave? There was trouble, there was Tsaras in Yerushalayim. So they fled due to the Tsaras. And they ended up in Gas Hanikra Ramla. They took their families. They settled in. So the main question in this shuv is going to be, what is the halacha gather of this place? Of course, we have to first, he knew what place this is. We first have to determine what place this is at all. And the main question is going to be about what's the din of Yom Tov Sheni, the second day Yom Tov in this place. But I think at least on some level I've been successful. We've somehow managed to combine fleeing uh, cities in Israel due to Tsaras and Shilas relating to Yom Tov. Hmm? Sure, some people have. People have uh, vacated uh, their houses and try to move uh, elsewhere where there's less of a chance of being attacked. Hamas HaMetzik, yeah. Yeah. People from Yerushalayim and Damasek were all in the Tsara and they all ran to Gas and Nikrenamu. Um, the question is, have we, have we exhausted all the relevant uh, contemporary events, or can we find more? So let's continue reading. Shova, Hein Emes, Chakarti, Po Yerushalayim, Am Shum Zman, Osu Shum Chag, Begas. I started asking around, have they ever spent Yom Tov in Gas before? V'amnu, Kizet, Tesvav, Shonim, Kemal, they said about 15 years ago, so that would be around Tav Ches, 1648. Zman Magaifa, Barminan, Zman Magaifa. So they also ran away from Yerushalayim. Hoyu begas b'chag asukas shleimim b'chein rabim v'asu yoyim echad. 
and they said that they kept one day yomtif when they were in Gaza at that time. So we managed to rope a magefe in as well. So before we continue, though, what is Ramla? What is Gas? So if you look up Ramla, so I'm sure many of you have heard of Ramla as a location today. It's a, so it's a city in the center, Merkaz Aretz. Uh, history is given <coughs> that Ramla was founded in the 700s by Umayyad, the Umayyad prince Suleiman ibn Abd al-Malik, and it was considered the capital of Jund Philistine. So Jund Philistine means the uh, district of Palestine that was part of the larger Bilad al-Shem, which refers to the Middle East, that area of the Middle East, and then there was the Palestine district, and Ramla was the capital. Um, it was a very central location, Cairo, Damascus, Yaffa, Yerushalayim, the intersection of all those places, um, and quickly became way more important than Lod, which was the nearest uh, city of note. And in fact, everyone moved to Ramla. Um, then with the Crusades, it started losing some of its importance, um, but it was always an Arab city up until the year 1948. Then, since 1948, it is now a majority Jewish city. That's Ramla. What's Gas? So, hopefully, you're familiar a little bit with Tanakh. Gas is one of the Plishti cities, one of the big, the five big ones. And uh, it's mentioned a lot, Pufiarach and Tanakh, etc. Uh, today, it's identified with a location called Tel Tzafit. There's a Tel Tzafit National Park. Although they have never ever actually found any inscriptions from digging that identify, say, something gas on it to definitively link it to a particular location. So, but we see in short that today gas and Ramla are not considered the same thing. And we already mentioned that Ramla was a new city. Now, already, before we get back to the Shuvah, already in the Sefer Kaftar of Farach, which we'll mention again further on, Kaftar of Farach is by Rabbi Shtoyri Haparchi. In the 1300s, he moved from Europe to Eretz Yisrael, and he made Eretz Yisrael his, his you know, subject of passion. He researched a lot, he wrote this huge sefer, very uh, groundbreaking sefer that deals with Inyana Eretz Yisrael. Part of it is about Washington Mavara, the Metzias, what's where. So you see already in Kaftar of Farach that he mentions the two together, along with a third name that you might find interesting. So he writes in a few places. One place he writes, Ubeinah, between Ramla and Yerushalayim, is a yoim, takes about a day to walk. But Yishmaelim Kairama, Palestine. The Yishmaelim call Ramla specifically, they call it Palestine, Palestine. Ubeinah Amenu, Kairama, Gas. And Yidin, when we refer to it in our Shprach, we call it Gas. Second time in the Savior, he writes, that in a certain area, there's a city, Yishma Ramla, Kairama, Palestine, Vaulai, Gas. writes, maybe. And the third time he writes, based on whatever he cited, Gas Shadini Mohem. So there's a back and forth here. He's aware that it might not be the same thing, but he's leaning towards saying it's the same thing. Now there's actually another mocker on this topic of Ramla and Gas from the same time as the Shiva we began with. It's in the Sefer Get Pashat by Ramesha ben Chaviv, also the 1600s. We can't get into the biography of each one. In Evan Ezer, so there's Get Pashat and Yanigitin. So he writes, he has an Erech Ramla. He says, It's a day distance from Yishalayim. It's near Lud. He says, Just a few years ago, We ran away. Same story. He was, uh, he was there. We ran away because of the terror of the, whatever the, the ruler was doing in Yishalayim. And yet, somehow, under the circumstances, they were still writing Gittin in this uh, temporary location, and they had to figure out how exactly, what do you write in the get? So we had two Gedele Hadar there, he says, one of them is a Bavram and Hananya, who we'll actually see later, also had an opinion on this question of Yom Tavsheni, and another one, and all they wrote was Ramla, and they didn't write Gas, which is written in the Nevi'im, and even though, it's still a Yiddish thing to call it Gas, not Ramla, the reason was that, Vada, it was, it sounds like Vada, as in he's assuming that Vada, their time was, that Ramla, the name is more Mefursum. Um, and you write the Shem Mefursum Befiha'elam as opposed to the name that's in the Mikra. So if you have a choice, he says you go with uh, the, the populating now. So some call it Ramli with a Yud, but they wrote Ramla with a He, because most people call it Ramla with a He. 
And that's how it's written in Kafta Rafalach. He says they wrote Ramla with a hen, Ramla with an aleph, because Ramla is Arabic, apparently means sand. And, um, and with Arabic, the rules in Shemus Gitnus, we go like Lashon HaKadosh, so we always end the name with a hey, not an aleph. Anyway, so you see, the Get Pashat was part of that situation, and he's coming out from a different halachic angle about this question of what this place is, but it seems like at least they seem to be pretty clearly assuming that it is the same thing. So just to touch on this question a little bit more, I saw someone wrote on this topic, a scholar, his name is Zev Nye. He wrote that uh, in the Middle Ages, Jews used all kinds of biblical names for all kinds of cities. And, you know, Lav Davka, there isn't so much of a connection. He gives a bunch of examples. He says they called Kisaria Chatzor, they called El Arish Sukkas, they called Ram Lagat, they called Ashkelon Gror. Uh, they called Tripoli in, in Libya, they called it Sinim, they called the Chalab in Syria, they called it Aram Tseva, more famous, right, Aleppo. Uh, Alexandria, they called Noyomain, a uh, place called Rashid, they called Gaishan, etc. So he says, you know, it's part of a bigger pattern. This this happened a lot. Um, I, can all, you know, I can also point out on my own that we know this from Europe. All the names, Ashkenaz, Sarfas, Svarad, back then they called uh, Russia, they called it Knan. So there's this phenomenon where Lav Dafka, the names of Tanakh that are being used, are being used in the historical place. I can't get that much further into this whole topic of sites and locations and arts at all. Um, along with the historical, uh, with the identi- discussion and the question of identification, there's also some who want to argue that the Jewish connection to Ramla does go deeper and longer. And uh, I'm just giving you know, some general background here. So one more comment on the third name that he mentions, that they call it Palestine. Are those who point out that in Medrash Rabbah and Bayekra Rabbah and other places, there's a Darshan's a Pasuk and Amis, it's identifying locations in a Pasuk and Amis, and it says, Rudu Gas Plishtim, and the Medrash says, Elaine Tulaya the Palestini. Now we know the name, the general name for the area comes, dates to the Romans, but many understand that the shot here is that it's saying that Gas specifically is linked to the city of Palestine, specifically, and the Medrash is already after, is already uh, acknowledging the reality after the city was established and had these multiple names. Getting back to the Tshuva, so already, all he knows is that 15 years before, the Magaifa, they also, they kept one day. He says, I don't know what the reason was. Is it because, Pashat, they were planning on going right back to Yerushalayim at the first opportunity, in which case it has nothing to do with the location, it could be anywhere, Chutzlart. And if Azai, then it should only be for Teshva Yerushalayim. Remember, we said that people from Yerushalayim and Damascus fled there. If it's just about where you're returning to, Yerushalayim, you're going to return and keep one day. In Damascus, they always keep two days, so that should only be for Teshva Yerushalayim. Or is there Taka Minigav Isayim Biyadeim? And there is a Messiahist that the Shluchim used to go to Gas, like the Ramam says, and Perekhev Hilkoskil Shachayish. What does the Ramam say there? So just to make sure we're all. On, on board here. So there's a Arichas there in the Ramam Perakei. Um, says, when there was a Sanhedrin and the Rekevei Al-Piyari'iya, so wherever, everyone in Eretz Yisrael, and wherever the Shluchim arrived, they would uh, keep Yomtev of one day. And everywhere else, they were further where the Shluchim didn't arrive, they did two days Misafik. Yipaka didn't know what day was the Chayish. Now there's no Sanhedrin, and uh, we have this Chajman, based in Eretz Yisrael, has this Chajman. So we should keep one day everywhere, even distant places in Chutzlar, it's like Pnei Yisrael, because we're all relying on the same Cheshman. That's whoever was keeping two should keep keeping two. He says, therefore, so then how are we going to know, where are going to draw the lines, how do we know who does what? He says, Kol makem, that the Shluchim didn't go, just like back then. Keep because they never kept two. They keep doing what they were doing. So, that now it's been different. Say for them, should take no davers you're keeping and just keep doing exactly what you're doing up until the change. Um, and he's going to soon touch on the fact that there are some places out of Eretz Yisrael that, because they were so close, they actually look and they target kept one day there, and they should also keep their minute now according to this uh, system. So he says, it was on to say, it's nothing to do with how close you are, not telling Krivas Makim. So, uh, for example, let's say you live five, a distance of five days from Yerushalayim or less, surely the Shluchim could have come, but you can't say for sure that they should keep one day, because how do you know the Shluchim went to this place? Maybe they didn't go there, because 
Once they switched to the Cheshbon, now you didn't live here. So they should keep two days. Or maybe there were Yidin there, but the Shluchim didn't go there anyway. Why? And there's two reasons. We have this concept in Gemara, there's a Shas Cheyrom between Yehuda and Galil itself. There were times where you couldn't uh, travel, you couldn't really uh, move from here to there. Or this the Goyim were picking on the Shluchim, not letting them pass through. So you can't just assume that, oh, whatever is in this radius uh, had Shluchim then, and we're just continuing what they did there. And if it was told to be a he says, think about it. All B'nai Mitzrayim, all Mitzrayim should keep one day. Well, I mean, they all lived in the northern tenth of Mitzrayim. I don't know about the rest of Mitzrayim down there. I don't know if you didn't live there before. He says, Shluch Tishrei can get there because if you go, and he says, the, he says the, the, the geography, if you go from Yushalayim to Mitzrayim through Ashkelon, it takes eight days or less. That's what the Rambam says. And the same is for most of Syria. And yet, we know for a fact, obviously, they don't keep one day Mitzrayim and in Syria. So clearly, it's not about uh, a geographical radius. So how does it work? That if it's more than 10 days away, then they for sure keep two days. Because no chance that uh, the Shluchim uh, went there. They only went uh, 10 days or less. And if it's under 10 days, and now it's possible the Shluchim could have come, so we check if it was in Eretz Yisrael. And it's a place where the Yidin lived, during the second Kibush. Like Usha, he gives a few locations. Usha, Shvarim, Lod, Yavna, Noit, Tveria, etc. So they keep one day. So Kumtois, that I'm already starting to imply here that there might be places in Eretz Yisrael that do keep two days. But I'm saying it's enough that you know that Yidin lived there, Bishasuriya. It says, and if it's in Syria, like Tsar Damasak and Ashkelon, which he's including in Syria, not in Eretz Yisrael, or even further, so then they follow which is so it will depend on your local tradition. Uh, you have to find out specifically whether there is a local tradition that they kept one day. It's not enough that you know that you didn't live there at that time. So there's a difference between Yisrael and Yisrael. It's enough that you know that you didn't live there. And you have to know specifically if it's within a 10-day uh, walk, travel. So then the Ramon concludes, so if it's not less than 10, like certain chutzlarets, they don't have a minik, and then he says, or it's an irshanus chadshah b'midbar Eretz Yisrael. Here he says clearly, like we said before, that if it's a, a new city in the desert of Eretz Yisrael, it's a place where Yidin are now, meaning it could be the city was around, but now the Yidin finally arrived. So the chiddush here is, is that there's no messiah here, there's no messiah of doing one, there's no messiah of doing two. No, if there's no Messiah of doing one, then automatically, by default, you join the minute of two. According to them, that includes Irshanus Chadshim and Midbar Eretz Yisrael, or the Yidn only arrived now. So that's the background to the question here of what about Gassan Amla? Is there a Messiah? That's what he was asking. Do they have a Messiah that, uh, that the Shluchim used to come here? And now he starts getting into the discussion of this place. So he says, if Gassan Chutzlar to Eretz Yisrael, in Trumas and Maestras, which is a more uh, common question, that's a machlekas, the Kafra Farach said that Ramam says Ashkelon is in Syria, and he says, no, it's part of Eretz Yisrael. So it sounds like the same discussion would apply to Yom Echad. And Gas, he also wrote, is Eretz Yisrael for Trumas and Maestras? So does, does it also mean Yom Echad? He says, no, there's no Raya really to Yom Echad because it's a different din. Comes to Trumas and Maestras, you have to admire one thing, it's a part of the Kibosh, etc. When it comes to this, you have to find out, did the Edom go there? Is there a Messiah that the Edom went there? So the only chilek between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz is that if you know for a fact that Yidin lived there, even if you don't have a Messiah, so in Eretz Yisrael it's enough to know that Yidin were there. Technically, theoretically, they could have lived there and, and Shluchim didn't come. But there and then we assume as long as they lived there, Shluchim came. Chutz Laaretz, if you don't have a clear minute that you kept one day, then you have to keep two days. So in, so in other words, when in doubt in Eretz Yisrael, what he's trying to take out from this is that in Eretz Yisrael, when you're in doubt, meaning you don't know for sure the Shluchim came there, you know that you didn't live there. That means you have a certain amount of doubt. And yet, in a case of doubt, you say, it's enough that we were there, oh, we keep one day. When in doubt, even if you know you didn't live there, you still in doubt, you keep two days. So, by the way, just to point out, sounds like based on what he's saying, 
So even though he accepts that it's called gas, he's not necessarily sure that Yidin lived there Bisman by Hashem. That's not how he solves this, this question. As far as he could be a fire, he only had 15, going 15 years back. And he goes on to say, he says, what's the whole reason that we shouldn't just say, uh, if you're within the radius, if you're within a few day wa- travels, you should automatically keep your mouth. What did Amam say? Maybe there was some kind of, uh, you know, those weren't able to travel, um, or the Rugayim. So, so he says, what's the difference between Eretz and Chutzlar? Why does the Nama make this difference? As long as you know that they live there, it's fine. And in Chutzlar, it's not enough. Suffolk is a Suffolk. It's the same Suffolk. Did the Shluchim come there or not? So he says, must be that there's a general Kula in Eretz Yisrael. That we're generally, generally more lean in Eretz Yisrael on this type of thing. And in any way, why would you even really assume that? They never really geyser in a case of a Suffolk in Eretz Yisrael. So he wants to turn that into a rule about, apparently about all stakers. Even though the Ram did not speak about this Suffolk, which is, in turn, I don't know if he didn't live there. I don't know if they have a Messiah. I don't know anything. But maybe. So he says, based on this, and since they have an Aedas that they kept one day 15 years ago, they don't know why they did so, we're just going to assume that there is an unbroken uh, the tradition going back to by Hashani. And he adds, he throws in a line, even the end of Shani is Dirabananu. Every end of Shani is Dirabanan, so he's throwing that in as well to be made. So, that was his conclusion that uh, keep one day, be made, even though we don't really know. Continues though, he says, We mentioned earlier that Ramesh Ben Chaviv mentions he wasn't there and involved in the get, the get and got. So Rav uh, Hananya was in got and Chag Amatzis. So he wrote the following, and it's also printed today. They printed the chuvas of Rav Hananya. This is Sefer Beis of Ram, and in the back they printed Charles the chuvas, the malachit from whatever we have. This is printed there as well. So Rav writes, They did one day and I asked them, is there an old minic? And they said, no, back in the day, we don't know if he had been living here. So I said, what are you relying on to do Yamtiv one day? And they said, I don't know, one of them said that uh, this place is Eretz Yisrael. So, uh, you know, the Kafka Referach says, God is Eretz Yisrael. And, uh, you know, in Aza, so we got to mention that also. We got to manage to fit that in as well. Uh, and also, they also, uh, with the, with the Yiddish community, they also, uh, they keep one day, or to say, oh, I don't know, all things are to say, oh, that's, uh, that's all the, the person had to say. And that was why everyone was following. They said, I started investigating. Now he says, in my opinion, my impression is that actually, Fialacha, Gas, is Chutzlaretz. Um, why? I, the Kaptar Fairach, has a, huh? Right. Well, yeah. If you don't accept the um, the Mishpatei Tzedek's uh, twist, there, yeah, mm-hmm. we don't. But, but all that Amos said was, if you know that you didn't live there, you don't have to have a Messiah. We don't really know that here either. He's saying that there's also a Safek and Ramekel and Tzvekas that seem to be the Mishpatei Tzedek's Mahalach. It's not, you know, first in the Rama. Um, so he, he wants to say it's not. It's not just all. My opinion, Rav Kalani says it's Chutz Laaretz. The Kafir Ferach. Uh, right, the Kaptur Farach in his Sefer says, I saw people looking to be Mekel in Yonah, Trumas, and Isis. I was here to try to prove that these places are to Israel. So he says that I, he brings are wrong. Because if you look in Gitin, so he mentions in the beginning, I feel me kfar ludem ulud. And Abayah says, Bayaris asmuchus laeretz Israel, muvlois betchum eretz Israel. So it sounds like that whole area is not eretz Israel. Not getting into the whole thing here. He mentions there's already a tshuva from his Rebbe about Aza. It goes on to say that even according to the Kaftar of Farah, when it is Eretz Yisrael, which he, have, which he disagrees with, he should still keep two days. We don't know that you didn't even live there, Bechlam. So, nothing to do with Chutz Laaretz or Eretz Yisrael. It has to be a place where Shluchim could have come. Chutz the Rambam. Eretz Yisrael automatically, he's saying, Eretz Yisrael automatically doesn't make you with these people in, in Gaza seem to think that, oh, you know, second year Eretz Yisrael automatically, that's not how it works. Look at the Rambam. You have to know that uh, there were people there. The Shluchim could have come. Um, and Chutz uh, Laaretz, you keep two. 
for uh, meaning in Eretz Yisrael, where the Shluchim could have come, you keep one. And in Chutzlaretz, if you don't know, you keep two. He says, what's the reason, Taka, that Eretz Yisrael is even different at all? He says, the reason is because Karav Levadai, if it's in Eretz Yisrael, Karav Levadai, Shal Shluchim Hayu Yitzim Hashem, V'oid Daz Linan Basar Rebbe Eretz Yisrael. If you know that people live there, then Karav Levadai, they came there, and we follow Rebbe Eretz Yisrael. Here we don't know, though. We don't know at all. So you can't, that's not what the Ramam said. And he seems to be explaining the Kula of Eretz Yisrael differently than the way the Mishmet Tzedek explained it. Um, and the Mishnah Tzedek actually disagrees later, responds and says, I don't agree with this uh, explanation. But anyway, we see clearly in the Ramam, we're not always Mekel in Eretz Yisrael if it's a brand new place. And uh, even if it's a Suffolk, who says you should be Mekel? And that, then there's another, uh, a little bit more, Atkal uh, Neshayinai, Mishpat Tzedek quoting of Ram Hananya. So you see clearly Ram Hananya held for Kert. So after quoting him, Mishpat Tzedek starts commenting on him. So when the Ram said that he, in his opinion, is loved after Eretz Yisrael, so Mishpat Tzedek says, you're right, there is this Bechlekes about Gas. Kaftar Fenach says it Eretz Yisrael, the others who disagree. But he says it shouldn't matter for Yem Echad anyway, because as we know, it's not really dependent on Eretz Yisrael. And in fact, he says, the Kaftar Fenach himself wrote clearly that in Gas you should keep two days of Yom Tif. And I've seen those who comment on Mishpat Tzedek that He's quoting the mm-hmm. Kafir of Ferech. He's the first one to talk about this, the violating of Gas. And the Kafir of Ferech wrote clearly that they kept two days Yomtev in Gas, Bismanui. So why is the, he's quoting that just to make a point that you see, it has nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael. You can go either way. No, but he, he said clearly that Gas, you keep two days. That he ignores. It's just being a raya that does not to do with Eretz Yisrael per se. Um, so according to the Kafir of Ferech, why do they keep two days, even if he holds Eretz Yisrael, because we don't know if he didn't live there. And if it's Chutzlaret, even if you know you didn't live there, you don't have a Messiah, that the that Mishlochim came. Um, but this is all still, he's just explaining Lashita Sayu. But it seems like he's still sticking to his maskana from the continuation. So when Rav Ram Hananya wrote that the reason why we're Mekel, when you know you didn't live there, without knowing where the Shluchim came or not, he said, Karv Levada, that they came there. He said, I don't understand this time at all. We just said, it's not totally in Eretz Yisrael. Maybe there's a Shaz Cherem, maybe there's Goyim. So what's the difference between Eretz Yisrael and not? What's Karv Levada? Maybe there's a Cherem. So for Kert, he wants to say that it's a Hilchus of the light time. It doesn't, Taka doesn't really make that much sense. So there must just be a Kula of the Hekel of Eretz Yisrael. There must be a general leniency that applies to Eretz Yisrael. Because the Holy Karadin is only a Shash Ba'alma. So back to his logic. So therefore, we can expand the Kula to include a situation like this. So he seems to stick by his maskana. That's the end of that uh, back and forth. So what uh, we have left to, to discuss and clarify is what's the din of Ram the Maskana without getting too much into it since it's not mamish uh, immediately uh, urgently relevant. The b'chalal, the big, you could say a big mystery of what happened to the Rambam Shita. All the Paiskim are going back and forth about gas, about this place and that place. And today... No one ever heard of it. Everyone knows. What's Laurets? You keep two days. It's really keep one day. What happened and when? Uh, and the Rebbe's opinion on this, because the Rebbe has an interesting opinion on this question. And in theory, I don't think we're going to have too much time. I wanted to discuss the whole gather of Yom Tov Sheni in general, because that's a, in certain circles, it's a popular question, just like Kipnias and Pesach. Every time is the Yom Tov. Why do we have to keep? Yeah, especially when it's three days, you know, three day Yom Tov. Why do we have to keep a second day of Yom Tov anyway? So that's also its own discussion. And then the specific discussion that there is about the Yom Tov Sheni Shel Shavuos and whether there's more of a discussion, more of a question here. When you get Shavuos. So when it comes to Ramla, so you can actually open the Shulchan Aruch Eirachayim Simon Tov Tzadik Vav, which is the Simon that relates to these in Yanov. And then the Shari Tshuva there is an Arichas. And he says, so he first he quotes from the Shut Marit Tzalon, who has a discussion about Tzvas. Now, Tzvas is mentioned in Tanakh a little bit, and in some sources from the time of Chazal, but Tzvas, as we know it, is from the last 1,000 years. So it also is a shtickle of a new Yishuv, to whatever extent. So they had a discussion about Tzvas. Marit Tzalon wrote that, Man Malon, who tells Taka, how do we know? Tzvas doesn't come up in this context according to Marit Tzalon, so how do we know the Shlachim even went there? But still, somehow, it's unknown. Then the Shaira Shiva quotes in the Birka Yasef, the Chidah. The Chidah has a lot on this, type, on this topic. So first of all, he says, the Birka Yasef has a guy from the Yerushalmi that you see that the Taka did go to Tzvas. But then he goes into these other places. And the Birka Yasef says that in Yafo, 
uh, says Yafo is a, a day and a half walk approximately from Yushalayim, uh, travel from Yushalayim. It's close to Yavne and Lod. But Tabirka Yosef said that doesn't help because according to the Rambam, we still have a question. Love Bekir of Talia Milsa, the geographic proximity doesn't help. We need to have a specific uh, Messiah because otherwise it could have been the Shas Chayim. And then the Tabirka Yosef, the Shirin Shuvah is quoting the Tabirka Yosef, who writes that they told him that Yafo, in the time of Avram Yitzchaki, who was a very chash of Arab from the generations before the Chida, who based Dinoi, that they, they were noyed one day in Yafo. If you look in the Berger Yosef, the Berger Yosef writes, Gam heili zokin achar, an old person told me, Shevazman harabonim, mereinu araba gado, bevram Yitzchak, yubez dinoy, rabonim kshishoy. So hoyu hu, this guy, he was much younger, hu v'adam achar, dorim b'yafo. There were the two Jews who lived in Yafo. Ahem levadam, hoyu oisim, yom tev echad uvad, and they only kept one day. Ve'en peitze pel metzav tzav klau. So not even clear that bevram Yitzchak officially gave his agreement, but that's what he understood, that in that time, and no one raised any hackles, so uh, you see, Yafo is fine. And then the Berke Yesef also writes, and he gives a different story, and we'll quote from Berke Yesef, says, in Yerushalayim, with a large group, and they got stuck in Amla, they also kept one day. So that's uh, more of a final word of that kufa of Pais Kamaret Yisrael. That's the final word that Rabbi Tzakayim, the Chidot, is quoting that they kept one day in Ram. So that's, that gets you up to there. That's in the Sharit Shuvan Shulchan Aruch. Bismaneinu, I saw in the Sefer of Yosef Lieberman, he's a Rish of the Kail Shemri HaChemes. It's a Rav in Sardegir, Yerushalayim. So he has a farm called Mishnas Yosef. And uh, still with us, Shlita. So he writes in Chelak Av Mishnas Yosef Simmem Tess, it's printed in 1979. He has a whole shtickle on Ramla. And he says the way he structures it is that the Rishon, Rishon Tzion, Rav Yaakov Shaul El Yashar, uh, who was in the, the 1800s, passed away in the early 1900s, first decade of the 1900s. So this came up, he has in his shot, Simchal Ish. Baron Rothschild started buying up land, started buying up property. It's all relevant also to current events and who owns which property where. So he bought property near Yafo and Ramla, and Shemitah Tafresh Memtas was coming along, and this is when the, the big discussion of Hetem Mechira originates around then. And Ravali Yashar was pro Mechira, and one of his reasons in this specific case, so to guys, because these particular settlements of the Baron Rothschild are in the area of Yafo and Ramla, and Safik Eretz Yisrael, Safik Chutzla Eretz. All of a sudden, Rabbi Yashar is saying, who, who says, how, how do we know it's Chutzla Eretz Yisrael? And so Rabbi Lieberman is, sort of sets up his shuva as a response, point by point. He quotes Rabbi Yashar in response, quotes in response. If you're interested in the topic, you can recommend checking it out. So, for example, in the beginning of the shuva, just on the whole question of, is Ramla Gas? So... It's not not really. There is a difference, though. If it's artisanal, then you can be more lenient if you know that there was a yishim. In this case of Gas and Rama doesn't really help, seemingly, because we don't know if there was a yishim there. Everyone's agreeing that, yeah, it doesn't really make a difference. It's not about the cure of Makkim, but everyone also agrees that there is a, a difference in that in artisanal, all you need to know is that it was at least an ancient settlement, and in Chutzlar, even that's not enough. You actually have to have a mesut of keeping one day. I'm not sure if there's any location in Chutzlar that's left that has that Masada at all. The Ramam seems to imply there were. Anywhere in Syria? Today, in the last few hundred years, I'm not aware. And obviously, Syria today, uh, not much of a uh, Jewish community there. So, so much of the question is Ram Lagas. So, even though we have all these Makaitas that seem to say that it's the same thing, but uh, Lieberman actually, maybe because he wants to prove that you know it's less of a problem, less of a question of Eretz Yisrael, he accepts those who doubt that it's connected, and he writes, what they say makes more sense, because we know that Plishtim is Asfas Hayom, Ashtod, Aza, it's all near the sea. And the Ramla is in the Merkaz. So how did Gas end up uh, over there? And this is surrounded from all four sides by Ayodis Eretz Yisrael. How did a Plushti city from Chutzlar end up in the middle of. Uh, does this make sense? 
So, la yitachin, that it's from Eretz Plishtim. Um, then, one of the Yibrayas of the Yisra Bracha was that the Ritaka saw, the Kathra of Fedaf, said to keep two days of Yamtif in Gas, in Ramla. So, uh, he says, first of all, how's this Araya to the question? We already know that it all depends on the specific place. Um, I think it comes up in the Book of Maccabees that the, the, there was still like a distinct nation there that was that was antagonistic. We're not getting into the whole question of the kibush and this and that, but uh, if it's pushed them, then there's a lot more of a. You saw the Rambam said the Ashkelon is in Syria. As we know, it's a discussion. So uh, the says the Kafir of Ferech said that you have to keep two days. That's not an eye. The Kafir of Ferech holds that uh, Gas is not Eretz Yisrael. Kafir of Ferech actually no holds that Gas is an Eretz Yisrael. And the whole reason why the Kafir of Ferech mentioned that they keep two days was to prove that sometimes in Eretz Yisrael itself you have different minhagim. So uh, what does one thing have to do with the other? It goes on and on in this vein. And the uh, Lieberman's Moskana is that it's about the part of Eretz Yisrael, and as far as I know, that's you know completely obvious today. No one suggests otherwise. And when it comes to Yom Shani, that's already been established since uh, before the Chida. So that's, that, that resolves that specific question. Now, to move on to the question of what's the story with the rest of Eretz Yisrael? There are plenty of places in Eretz Yisrael that we know for a fact are brand new. So what happened to the Rambam? So there's a, um, you know, there are the big kaiftsim that come out. Then there's the, the lesser known, maybe not in the top five, but it's, it's called Karla Taira. You might see it around in the stores. So in Gilean Samach Gimel came out in Tafshin Samach Zion. There's an article on the topic by Yehuda Arya Schwartz. He's a rov in a shchunah in Bnei Brak, and I'm going to summarize what he writes. So he starts off like this. He says, we all know, everyone knows, ask anyone, that the Chutz two days Yom Tif. Shani shall Galias, Galias, Chutzlaretz, Gola, Eretz Yisrael, and what else? You keep one day. What's less, what's not as known, is that that's not the opinion of the Rambam. And in fact, according to the Rambam, we should have to keep two days in Eretz Yisrael, yeah? He goes on, summarizing, says the big, bar plucked of the Rambam, Kaviyachal, is the Ritva. The Ritva writes, Ask why not to show, and he seems to imply that he heard otherwise. Why not to show to be keep one day, and why in Chutzlar is to be keep two days? So he seems to accept that as a fact. He explains that uh, once they uh, moved on in time, they said, Eretz we follow the Rav, and everyone in Eretz will follow that, and the Chutzlar to follow the Rav of Chutzlar, and everyone in Chutzlar will follow that. That's it. Then this the, the person writing goes on and says, He started looking through all the Svarim. In the last a thousand years, after that, that discussed practically, especially the ones who lived in Eretz Yisrael, not, not, not just discussing it theoretically. Look in the Kaftar of Farach. The Kaftar of Farach is only talking from the sheet of the Rambam. Look in the Radvaz. The Radvaz was asked about Azav, Trumas, and Maeserus. And in the middle, he writes, and you can't bring a Raya from the fact that they keep one day Yom Tov and Azav, because that's not a din in Eretz Yisrael, that's a din in Maybe Shulchan went to Azav, regardless of its status as part of Eretz Yisrael. Vaitr, so the Radvaz only seems to be aware of the Rambam Shitta. On how this works. Um, then he gets to Meritzahala, and he gets to the Mishpatay Tzedek that we just discussed. You see from the whole discussion, back and forth, two opinions, but yet it's all surrounding, all revolving around the Ramam Shitta and how to apply it in this situation. Even in the Birka Yosef, that's already the 1700s, we're getting pretty recent. Birka Yosef, also, the whole discussion is about how do we apply the Rambam to the locations we're familiar with. He says, in fact, you can get as late as the 1800s, the Talmidei Agra. They came to Eretz Yisrael, we have they had, as we know, Tamidir Agra had a whole special connection with Eretz Yisrael, and they had a special aliyah of Tamidir Agra, and as part of that, the Yisrael of Shklov wrote an up-to-date sefer on Hilchus Aretz called Pasa Shulchan, and if you look in Pasa Shulchan of this din, he brings the list of cities that the Rambam mentions, and he adds Tzvat and Yafo. So that, that recently, before the modern, uh, before Baron Rothschild and all of that, but, you know, it's still the late tough cuffs, I guess. But the uh, first half of the 1800s, everyone's still uh, only aware of the Rambam. But that was before new uh, Yishuvim were established. The second you start seeing new Yishuvim becoming established, so things start to change. He, he, he writes, And now there's not a single place in Eretz Israel that keeps two days. 
And everyone seems to be on board. From the beginning of the Yeshiva Yehudim, around Tafresh Mem, around the 1880s, everyone seems to be on board with us, that we're just uh, dropping the Horam Bam and we're going to make it across the board, the whole Eretz Yisrael. A lot of places you can't can I'm not talking about Yerich, I'm talking about uh, completely new places, so, uh, yeah, dozens of cities. Is it what? It's kind of. Yeah. Is all, is the, all, a lot of the new ones. Okay, but I don't think that's relevant to most of the Tel Aviv is not necessarily, I mean, not that I checked it, but the, there's a whole huge list of cities and towns and Yishuvim and you're not going to be able to argue that they're all built on old cities. Not, uh, doesn't make sense. Anyway, this is, uh, there's no mystery. You didn't live there. How are you going to prove all? Usually, if the, you didn't live there, you'd know about it. There'd be uh, something in the Gabbara, and you'd be able to identify and figure it out. It wouldn't be a mystery. No, it's not by a shame. Either, I'm it's not by a shame. This thing is based on continuing the minute. It's not by a shame. It's not by a shame when the Shluchim Yaitzim. The Shluchim didn't go on the time of the Shvatim. So, um, so all of a sudden, we know for a fact there was no Yishuv at all, and no, uh, you know, when there was Bayashen and Kishopiri uh, against the Ram, against all the Paiskim, this is hundreds of years of Paiskim trying to figure out how the Ram applies, and then psh, out the window. So he says the first big source on this is the Sitz HaKaydash of Tzimich Shapiro. He was a Talmud of Mishulib Diskin, and there's a Shuvah there from him, and Abishlam Azalam Baharan. These are names in the history of Yerushalayim, and after them, Chachmi Yerushalayim, and they all, they all agree. And, you know, whether it's uh, people building Yishuvim, whether it's Kanoim and Yerushalayim, they all agree that we should keep one day Yom from the whole Eretz Yisrael. Two reasons, this is how he sums it up, that one is because of the Ritva, we're just going to go with the Ritva now, and they found uh, some other obscure Shainim, the of Taif Elam in the Machzir Vitri, I'm assuming it's a Piot or something, and uh, there's a Shita that's mentioned in Shibas HaGoyim, they found uh, some obscure Bukhairis that can uh, fit in with that. And they were trying to medayak maybe from a few more Yishayim, and even in the Rambam, they tried to somehow fit it into the Rambam. Um, and since the whole Eretz Yisrael is really in this suffix now, so uh, and since we decided that we're going to go with this other approach, so that's how we end up now with uh, no place in Eretz Yisrael that keeps two days. But this author writing, he says, still the kafter of He lived in the time of the Ritva. He lived in Eretz Yisrael. He said for a fact that in Gaza they kept two days. All the daily adaytas that uh, discussed this, they never mentioned this once. So, what happened? So he says, even though we can't solve the mystery, but he wants to add a point that can be a little helpful. He brings a word from Yaakov Emden in the Murray Ketsia. Yaakov Emden writes, the Murray Ketsia on Erechayim. Tur. It's printed by Rechon Yerushalayim now, big black book. So he writes, Ush Eres Yisrael HaShu'ulay Nimtzu Ba. And Azo, these places be made by Yeshani. Like be like Ashtad Ashkan Gas. He says, these people, the says, Because they're so close to the basin of Yerushalayim that Mamela, they don't need Shluchim at all. So this is a very intriguing vart that Yaakov Amdin is introducing here. So Rabbi Schwartz writes that this makes a lot of sense. You think that the Shluchim based not to go and tap every year on the shoulder and say, hello, by the way, uh, we decided it's Monday. That's not how it works. That day they came to the basin of the city, and everyone around the city were, they were under the jurisdiction of that basin. Surely they also are considered part of where the Shluchim's message came. And surely the news, even if the Shluchim didn't tell you directly, uh, you live uh, an hour away, so you find out two hours later what they said. Uh, surely everyone knows it was very important, and everyone was asking, when's Yom Tov, when's Yom Tov, and then everyone found out. So when the Ramam writes, Usha, Shafram, Lod, surely he means not just that location specifically, but anyone who lives in the general area, and a male like that, which should probably include most of Eretz Yisrael, because most of Eretz Yisrael is near one of these places. Um... And then I, what about all the Paiskin that were asking about Yafo and Amla and Aza? So maybe the question was, how good is it close enough to a place that we could say, oh, it's, you don't have to know that the Shulchan came here directly. Is it close enough? So that could maybe, with this vart, we can, even though it doesn't seem to really be a vart that all these Paiskin mentioned, but uh, it can make it uh, seem a little more reasonable. And by the way, Daik maybe in the Rambam, the Rambam Taka wrote, new places, Bemidbar Eretz Yisrael. So Midbar seems to be implying that's Dafka, middle of nowhere, not near anything. 
towards a new location. So this uh, author concludes, so according to this, it makes a little more sense. So a certain type of person, this could be troubling, bothersome. How do we not follow that? Okay. Now what's the Rebbe, what does the Rebbe have to say about this? So, could use more uh, exploration. Um, everyone in Eretz Yisrael was used to uh, keeping one day at that point, and uh, probably would be hard. Either you know, people not keeping, you know, people are shvach and Yiddishkeit, people the business. I don't know. I mean. For the reason that, if you know, we're able to mention briefly why people wanted to abolish Yom Tov Sheni altogether. But in this case, I didn't have a chance to, to follow every... Suddenly when New, when New Yishuvim appeared, and uh, it was going to be the first time in history where they're going to have to actually apply this halacha on a consistent basis, and suddenly there'll be huge swaths of Eretz Israel keeping two days. You know, that, that could have felt a little strange, and, you know, for it to, I don't know, to be my eye and more. But anyway, that'd be the Rebbe. So, uh, this is a W Dua, but if you want a specific place, that's Malakatis, Shari Yeshiva, Yur Aleph of Tzfas, Tavshin Samachtas, has a Pacher's name on it. I didn't have a chance to find out who he is, and if you wrote it, I'm his Librov. Anyway, so he has an article on this topic, and it's all building up to the Rebbe at the end. Gets to the Paiskim more recently. He says if Tikachinsky writes in his sefer, which um, um, someone before was assigned to, that Tikachinsky writes, he asked eighteen rabbanim. He did a, almost a rabbinic survey. He sent out the. He was a big Paisik uh, about a hundred years ago in Israel. He wrote the famous Gesher Chaim on uh, death. Allah was relating to death. He's a classic and luchais of uh, you know made calendars for Minigaret Israel and things like that. So he writes, he asked, Eitan Abonim, what, what do you have to say about this? And uh, they all answered, whoever answered him, they all answered one way or another with a Dreyehin, a Dreyehin, that, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine, they keep one day. So Eliezer has a long thing on it, and he tries to kvetch us, uh, you know, something. Um, this person points out that, uh, in addition to all the Paiskim, he writes, V'o'elau kulana v'altarabe, and Shlokhan Arach Sim Tafsadik Vav, although if you look in the Altarabe, it doesn't really say anything clearly about this, but this whole shtickle way it's built is it's building up to uh, the punchline, which is that anyone who uh, wants to say that Allah is different, uh, so we'll see why. So we get to the Rebbe. So first is Mitzayin, Ta'achin Shal Pesach Tavshin Yud Gimel. There's a theme with the Rebbe B'chalal when it comes to talking about Yom Tavshini, about how the, the mile of Yom Tavshini over uh, regular Yom Tav. So we'll see later, Rebbe also spoke about it in Tavshin Yud Beis, but this is in Tavshin Yud Gimel. So the Rebbe says, Achim Shal Pesach has a mile at Yom Tov Sheni. According to Chassidus, there's a mile at the Tzedah Dibram Asplahov in Yom Tov Sheni Shal Goliath. So it sounds there that there's no mile. It brings the Majors there, Omer Knesset Yisrael, Be'eretz Yisrael, Yisri Shemri Yemachot, Achshav Shnei Yomim, Svura HaYisri Lekabal Schar Al Shneiyan, Ve'eni Mekabalas Ela Al Yemachot, I only get Schar for one day, it's not like I get Schar for two days, even two days of Yom Tov. So that's what you take away from the Kudat Ayrami, but that's only about Schar. But the Rebbe says, Megei Yom Tov itself, there's a mile that we added a second day. That we have a cheshbim. And we're making Yom Tif Shani not because of Sveik Udyem. We're taka unsure. We're not unsure about anything. So that's how the Rebbe is magdered. The opposite of those who want to say, what's up with Yom Tif This is a special takana to Fenush keep a second day. And um, he says it's a mile, maybe more. To make a yomtif out of a day that's not a yomtif is a bigger life to than a day that's already yomtif itself. gives his usual disclaimer. I didn't hear it from, from the Shemar, but the Alter Rebbe said he wants to uh, spread the Messias Kapayim uh, in Chutzlars and Eretz Yisrael specifically on the second uh, that the Alter Rebbe wanted to add a second day of yomtif in Eretz Yisrael. That's the that's the part of uh, the famous part also uh, mixing two different things. I'm not going to try to pronounce the word without looking at all, but you're mixing two different uh, dishes together uh, this day and that day. So this is Vart from Al-Tarab, and he wanted to implement Yom Tavshayni even in Eretz Yisrael. Rebbe says that there's a link to Golos, and in parentheses where it's printed, 
In the Hebrew, Shaire Be'aretz Yisrael, Yashnom Kama Vekama Mekoymes, Shabahem Ein Oisin Yom Tavsheni. So the Rebbe is saying something, that this place in Israel, you don't keep Yom Tavsheni. And the Rebbe goes on to make a connection to the Gula, whatever. Uh, during this, in the Malach B'Mesibay, in the Suda, the second night of Sukkot, Tavshin Chavtas, second night, so they, there was a discussion there at that meal about the new Yishuvim, Shinich B'Shu'ata, because six day war, and now there's new places. And those places, and the implication of that conversation also seems to be that Rebbe was saying that these are so, surely so new, we just captured them now. So uh, surely you have to keep uh, two days. But the main marker, maybe some of you have heard it, is the Yechides that was printed in a number of places from Isruchak Shvuas, Tavshalam Advav, with a Bisrael Tzvi Glitzenstein, who was at the time a Shliach in Elat. And the question was about Elat, because Elat is the southernmost uh, place in, in, in Dinas Israel. And the specific, unique questions about the gather of Elat, halachically. Uh, so he, he was asking the Rebbe, should he keep two days Yamtav? Because of that. So the Rebbe said, you said you asked to Rabbanim, they told you what to do, you listen to them, to do two days, apparently. And Bechlal, when you're talking about two days, Yamtif, the Rebbe says, it's not really shy after the whole question of Eretz Yisrael, Chutz Laaretz, which is the question of Elat. It's shy after the Psak did, if the Shluchim came or not. And if the Shluchim didn't come, you have to make two days, Yamtif. And since in Elat, the Shluchim didn't come, so therefore you have to do two days, Yamtif anyway. Yes, that it's a little politicized that people that say that a lot is Eretz Yisrael. It's not. So do two days yomtif, but the Tanai that it's not in my name, and that it's Bachashoi, Darf Nisht Oisreisen Zaydi Egen. I don't want to say his name. There was a Rav, a guy who made a tumult about Tel Aviv and about near Tel Aviv. That you should make two days yomtif there also, because the Shulchan didn't come there. It's a new Yishuv. He made a tumult at the time, and uh, they covered it up. They silenced it. So uh, if there's a place even in Yerushalayim where the Shluchim didn't come, you have to make two days yamtif. I don't know why today the Rabbanim are quiet. We'll get to that in a second. You're saying that even in Yerushalayim there are places that the Shluchim didn't come, there should be two days. Yeah. So he's not naming it on the Barjah of the Yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why the Rabbanim are quiet. Maybe they're afraid of Machlekes. Uh, but you should do like I told you, keep two days yomtiv. It should not be in my name. It should be quiet. What? Uh, what? Tell them that you're not doing it because Eilat might be chutzlaaretz. Better to tell them that it's because the Shluchim didn't come to Eilat. There are other sources about the Rebbe's yachas to Eilat, pretty consistent over the years. I'm not getting into that now. But we see here that in the course of the discussion, the Rebbe's yomtiv sheni and... Uh, and that that would be more acceptable to people tell them that you're being machmer about that. So this also seems to be the Rebbe's, besides the Rebbe's unique opinion on Elah, it seems to be the Rebbe's unique opinion about this question. But uh, despite this, it does not seem to have been something that caught on uh, in Eretz Yisrael. We have never heard that anyone is, uh, even though that person wrote that article in Shari Yeshiva, and he seems to be hinting that maybe we should, but it's not, uh, still hasn't caught on. Now the Rebbe mentioned Tel Aviv, so all the places that quote the Rebbe, they have not identified what the Rebbe is referring to. I looked a little bit, in fine. But people are excited to something very similar, which is in Raga Shavar Tzafras Paneach. There's a long chav about Yom Tov Sheni, the whole gather of Yom Tov Sheni, like the Raga Shavar, it's written to Nachim Kasher in Tafish Pei 1926, and in the middle, there's a line there that gets quoted a lot. I wrote to my son-in-law, who was a rub there from the summer of Tafish uh, Ayin Al, 1911, so about 14, 15 years. I wrote to him 14 years ago, so meaning that uh, so the Raga Chavar you should keep Patak Tikva was a new uh, Yishov. You should keep two days. He's following the Rambam. Um, so, now, Patak Tikva is somewhat near Tel Aviv. So, is that what the Rebbe meant? Hard to know. Maybe we'll find something else. I also saw elsewhere the Messiah, the Rebbevel, Brisker, the Griz. They say he lived in, uh, in Yerushalayim, in a neighboring Yerushalayim. And he was chayshish, they say, and he did not do Malacha on Yisrochak. And the Shlomo Zalman Arabach was wondering, you live near Yerushalayim, how do you have a suffix? How did you come up with a shash here? You live near uh, Makam, I don't know, good question.
Right, right. That's others point that out. Like, why are you even calling it a kula? You're, you're also not going to. Yeah. Anyway, he, he, the way they say that he didn't do malacha. And some someone said, "For Steinish, you live in Mamish in Yerushalayim. How could you have a question about shluchim?" And some explain those who like to explain. They say that no, maybe they didn't live right here. And according to the Bible, they, if they didn't live here, the neighborhood was over there, over there, the other direction. They, you took it very literally, and you don't know. So uh, you know who knows. That of course is at odds with the Biak of Emden and uh, that whole. I also wanted to, like I said, I wanted to discuss the whole question of Yom Tov Sheni nowadays and those who have raised doubts about it over the generations, but we don't really have time left. I'll note generally there's a, a work on the subject by Mayor Ben called Yom Tov Sheni Shogalias. Just for one example, this came up already with the uh, Anusim, the Moranos who got out of Spain and ended up in Amsterdam. And for some of them, they had sort of created this, uh, their own imaginary ver- version of Judaism. They didn't actually have a, play, a way to learn. And then when they came out and they actually met what Yiddishkeit is actually like, they had a bit of a you know, question. And the major one, his name was Uriel de Costa. He was born in a mixed family. His father was a Catholic. His mother was a Moranos. He was raised as a Christian. He started learning about his Jewish background. And he started having doubts about Christianity. And he, he developed a Jewish identity. But he didn't have anything beyond Tanakh. So, uh, you know, the Judaism he was imagining was uh, a little different. And it was through the lens and the prism of Christianity, etc. Once his father died, so then they had financial trouble. They decided to leave Portugal. At that time, it wasn't so simple. The Inquisition suspected you were leaving for, the, for that reason. So they actually had to escape to Amsterdam. And he actually underwent a conversion for some reason. And uh, he changed his name to Ariel before it was Gabriel. And all of a sudden, he discovered what Yiddishkeit is actually like. And it was uh, very shocking to him. And he wrote, in 1616, he wrote uh, something called, I'm not going to check how to pronounce it, but it's called Propostas Contra a Tradicio, Propositions Against the Tradition. So he challenging Tadish Malpeh, and he wrote 11 challenges. So, and like, based on Tanakh, this is how we should do things, not like this, not like Tadish Malpeh says. So, Brismila, Tfilim Azuzis, Xeris, and Yom Tavshayni Shaldalius. And uh, his whole argument was, you know, is it really, uh, you know, important, etc. So he sent, and he very innocently perhaps sent his uh, questions and uh, challenges to the Parnassim of the Svardi community in Venice. And they sent it to the Buddha Ari of Modena. And we already came, came across him when we were discussing music and show. And he responded and said, oh, this is trouble. And he warned the Rabbana in Hamburg that if he doesn't uh, take it back, doesn't retract, they should be put in Cherem. He refused. Um, at the same time, he actually wrote a response called Magin Vitsina. I've come across, looked through it before, where he responds to Acosta one by one and all these points. And the Khairim was for 10 years. Only his mother would speak to him. And then she was in the Khairim. And then when she died, there was a whole question of whether they could bury her or not. Anyways, I didn't have a very happy ending. That's just one example. It came up again later in the period of reform. That's when a lot was written about it. And we don't have time to get into it. Just the final thing. Comes to Shavuos specifically, there's a question: Why would we have Yom Tov Sheni for Shavuos? Because the whole gather of Shavuos is that it's Tali and Svira. It's not Tali and Kviyas Achaydash. So why? How would we even have a Svika Diyama ever? So there's discussions in Shavuos, and it's famous that there's two contradictory Shavuos of the Chassam Sefer about whether you could be Mekel for this reason, especially on Yom Tov Sheni of Shavuos, huh? Um, the Rebbe is going to mention, we don't, have, we don't carry spakers over from month to month, because then otherwise the second Yemis will keep on expanding. So you assume that, you know, that by a month, by the time a month passes, you know. Um, so, uh, so there's a lot from the Rebbe on this as well, but I'm going to quote one thing from Achim Shapesa Tavshin Yud Beis. The Rebbe again is talking about Achim Shapesa, the Rebbe is talking about Yom Tavshini, and the Rebbe is saying that it's a vaday. He says, you see this especially in Shavuos, because Shavuos is Yom HaMishim, not the days of Sivan. So male, there was never a suffix, because by then, in every place, they knew what the Kavir of Rish Nisan was. But you can't say they didn't know what the Kavir of Rish Nisan was by then, because then there should be a Sfeg the of three days. That could be all the time. So, the Afel Pikein, Shavuos, we do Shnei Yom, and he quotes the Rambam, and the Rambam says, Kedei Shaloi Lachlik B'mayadois. Because the other Yom Tovim had a suffix, so they made a Yom Tov Sheni for Shavuos, even though there was no suffix. So Melchab there was never a suffix, and it was always a vaday, a takana Melchab Chila, a And uh, the Rebbe says, the Rebbe says, 